Thank you so much. Thank you, thank you, thank you all. We'll bless the name of Almighty God. Amen. If you wouldn't mind, we'll rise up on our feet and then we just pray a short prayer. Trusting Almighty God to do an awesome work in the midst of his people this morning. You know, just praying. Thank you all so much for the hospitality. Thank you for the presence of God. Thank you all for the great work that we continue to do on a continual basis. You know, the Bible says that from the rising of the sun unto the going down of the same, his name shall be praised. It started in Australia somewhere. It had been moving through 24-7 individuals just glorifying and blessing the name of Almighty God. And it's our turn in Crosset. Hallelujah. You know, to bless the name of Almighty God. Father, I thank you so much for this morning. And I bless you for the entrance of your word which brings forth light. Your word says to God that your word is a lamp unto our feet. And it's a light unto our paths, mighty God. You said in your word that we hide your word in our hearts so not to sin against you. Your word declares to God that unto you shall the gathering of the people be. When we gather, mighty God, we haven't come to Mount Sinai, but we have come to Mount Zion, the city of the living God. We have come to the heavenly Jerusalem, to an innumerable company of angels. We have come to the church of the firstborn. We have come to the general assembly. We have come to the spirits of just men made perfect. We have come to God, the judge of all. And we have come to the spirit of just men and the blood of sprinkling that speaketh better thing than that of Abel. O Spirit of God, would thou not speak to your people? Somebody came here this morning expecting a word from you. Somebody came this morning expecting healing from you. Somebody came this morning with a perplexing problem that only you can solve, mighty God. Your word declares, mighty God, that we shall cast all our curse and our burdens upon you, for you carry it for us. We cast all our curse upon you this morning in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Take this list of clay, mighty God, and speak to your people. Mighty God, let your people be changed and let your people be blessed, and we shall be careful to give you all the adoration and all the praise that is due your name. Be exalted and be glorified. In Jesus' name we pray with thanksgiving and every saint of God will say a big amen. Oh, hallelujah. May we get seated, please. I thank you all so much and I bless the name of God for being here. I believe Bible says that known to God from eternity are all his works. And Bible says that he has put eternity in our hearts. There is something in our heart that God connects us to the right places at the right time for the great purposes that he has in store for us. And I want to remind you, you know, tomorrow there's going to be another day in February. You know, so we are going to have 29 days instead of uh, 28 days. And I'm trusting God. They call it the leap year. You know, may we leap into our destinies in the name of Jesus Christ. May God give us an extra day. Actually, this is what happened when we come to the presence of Almighty God. If you read through the Word of God, the seven-day week, you know, every nation, every continent, every tribe, having the seven-day week, it wasn't because God gave them some laws during the Sabbath. It was instituted into the fabric of the earth at creation. Bible says that six days, he created the earth, and on the seventh day, he rested. It had nothing to do with the law. Moses had not been born. Mansana had not come. Actually, Adam and Eve had just been created. Nobody knew about it. But God put the seven-day week into the fabric of the earth. 
You know, and he put that he sanctified. Bible says that he sat apart one day and he sanctified the seventh day. And he said that all those who look into the intents of this day shall be blessed by Almighty God. He told them, I've always said, that six days in the week they could walk. On the seventh day, he said that on the sixth day, he would give them a double portion. You know, so that on the seventh day, they wouldn't work in this place. I don't know whether there's Chick-fil-A here. Is there a Chick-fil-A? We have to open one here. Hallelujah. Oh, glory to God. You know, so we will connect with the man. And we are coming from Chicago, and then we are going to connect with the man and, 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 and look unto God. That will open a Chick-fil-A here. Oh, there must be blessing. There must be blessing. And I believe that there's a blessing in Crosset, and that blessing shall be revealed. You know, so this man is doing an amazing work. So Chick-fil-A, they don't open on Sundays. So Sundays, they are closed because everybody must go to church, and everybody must glorify the name of Almighty God. I'm sure when I get to Chicago, I will connect with you all. We should be blessed on this land. There is McDonald's here. There are many other things here. We are looking for a franchise. Hallelujah. Uh, I can't see the man here. This church shall be prosperous. Glory to God. You know, and, and, and we are believing God that God is going to open some things for us. And we are capable of doing it. And we shall see the manifestation of Almighty God. We're speaking into manifestation. Hallelujah. Last night, as well as I was just driving home, then it just occurred to me, we should get a Chick-fil-A here, being um, um, franchise owned by somebody from this place. And we want to partner with you. The prosperity has begun. Hallelujah. Oh, I say hallelujah. Hey, I say hallelujah. Hey, I say hallelujah. Hey, I say hallelujah. Hey, I say hallelujah. We keep glory to Almighty God. We shall be blessed on this land. The men who gathered here, we recognize that men are supposed to leave an inheritance for their children and their children's children. It has begun. And, and, and when I get to Chicago, I will get certain people and we'll connect and we'll talk about it. We shall start possessing the inheritance that God has given to us in Crosset and Hamburg. And I believe that there is a hidden blessing here. This place shall be filled with the presence of God. And I believe that people will recognize, you know, that we are capable of certain things. Because when God blesses us, the kingdom will be blessed. And the name of God will be glorified. You know, I'm looking forward. We shall not only have freedom once, two, and three. We shall have freedom 17. <laughs> and freedom 20. And freedom 21. We are telling Arkansas that we are here. And the glory of God shall cover this state. Even as the waters cover the sea. Amen. I bless the name of God. We shall make it happen. Hallelujah. And uh, I want to express my utmost appreciation to Senior Pastor Angie Hogan. Hallelujah. Thank you so much for the grace of coming here. I want to thank my own great brother uh, and brother Tim. You know, a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful man. We have had a lot of chats, and I believe that our bond and association that God has given to us is going to continue, and the name of God is going to be glorified. I want to bless the name of God for Pastor Cindy and Pastor Sativa and Pastor Casey and uh, everybody just doing so many good things in Almighty God. 
I want to thank God for all the elders and leaders of this wonderful church and the entire membership of Freedom Ministries. My wife, Pastor Cynthia, and the entire leadership and members of Christ Oasis Ministry Chicago, we salute you and we deeply appreciate you. May the bond of friendship and divine connection between our ministries continue to blossom and impact this nation and impact this world to the glory of Almighty God. May the Lord knit us together with cause that cannot easily be broken. Out of this place, may the light of God shine forth and may light come out from the darkness and let the name of God be glorified in the name of Jesus Christ. We thank God for his awesome presence the past two nights. May the peace and the joy of the Lord fill this town and reverberate across this great church, town and county in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. This morning, I have a very short message to share with you. I believe that I welcome you to the message. It shatters certain traditional views about Almighty God and enables us to approach him without reservation, knowing that he has given us a standing invitation to come before him. You know, most of the time when you hear about God from the way we have been brought up, the gospel of gloom is what we are accustomed to. So when we hear about God, we hear about brimstone and fire. We hear about the missed opportunities that people have instead of seeing some wonderful attributes of Almighty God and wonderful attributes that have been mentioned in the Holy Scriptures. So most of the time when God is mentioned, tradition has taught us to think of the curses in Genesis chapter 3. We think about curse shall be the ground, curse shall be your womb. This is the way we have viewed God. We sing him on Mount Sinai. And Bible says that so terrible was the sight that Moses said, I exceedingly fear and I quake. We are scared to come into the presence of Almighty God. When we hear about God, we think about Korah. We think about Dathan. We think about Abiram. When the ground opened and swallowed them up and everybody is terrified to come to the presence of this God, when we hear about God, we think about David, we think about Asa who died, who had gangrene and malignant disease of the feet and died because they didn't see God. We think about Aaron whose um, 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 apostleship and high priesthood was taken away from him. And Bible says that he died. We think about Miriam who became a leper. When we think about God, we think about fire, we think about brimstone, we think about hell. In a nutshell, when we think about God, tradition has taught us, we think about an inflexible God. A God who is not flexible. A God who is unbendable. We think about a rigid God. Many of us have passed out on, many of us have missed out on so many munificent aspects of Almighty God that is stated clearly in the Word of God. And this is what I want to share with you this morning about the flexibility of God on issues that pertain to life and to godliness. Your God is flexible. And your God, that is the title of my message, your God is a negotiator. You can negotiate with Almighty God. Your God has given you a standing room. And this morning I'm believing God that somebody will be bold enough to come into the presence of Almighty God and negotiate with Almighty God. We are not going to negotiate our lives. We are going to negotiate our futures. We are going to negotiate everything that he has committed unto us because our God is a negotiator. Hallelujah. Oh, I said hallelujah. 
Please, why don't you tell the someone, tell the person, my God is a negotiator. Oh, tell the person, my God is a negotiator. My God negotiates, he negotiates, he negotiates. In the word of God, let me read the word of God for you. From the book of Isaiah, chapter 43 and verse 26. Isaiah chapter 43 and verse 26. And Bible says, I read it from the, you know, so Bible says that, put me in remembrance, let us plead together. And Bible says that, declare thou, God is saying that, come, remind me. Put me in remembrance. Declare thou that thou mayest be justified. Put down your case. Tell me the reason why I should bless you. And tell me the reason why certain things should be made manifested in your life. In the Amplified Version, he says something, I read it. He says, put me in remembrance. Remind me of your merits. Let us plead and argue together. What a wonderful God we serve. He said, come, let us argue and let us plead together. Set forth your case that you may be justified and you may be proved right. Amen. Amen. Many instances in the word of God. And many times we have actually been negotiating with God in prayer without really putting the term God is a negotiator into it. When we come here and we are praying. When we are telling God that, God, we need healing, we need restoration, we are trying to tell God that, God, your words are not etched in granite. Your words are not etched in stone. You are flexible. We can call upon you, and we can have the standing invitation to come in and to reason with Almighty God and to receive the birth of Almighty God in our lives. In Isaiah, he said, come, let us reason together. This is your God. He said, come, let us reason together. Though your sins will be as red as scarlet, they shall be made as white as stone. Amen. He says that though they are as red as crimson, they shall be like wool. In the word of God, it says in Ezekiel, I sought a man for a man to stand in the gap. If God's words were as in stone, God wouldn't need anybody to come and intercede. God is saying that when I call for an intercessor, I needed an intercessor who would stand between the people and between me so that I would do certain things in the lives of the people. He said that I sought for a man and I sought for a woman. I sought for somebody to come and negotiate, but unfortunately I didn't find anybody. So as a result of that, I had to pour my rod upon the people. When you read the book of, um, of, of, of Job, because of time I will not be reading the scriptures, Job chapter 9, he says that I sought for a this man. He said, I sought for a man who will put one hand upon God and one hand upon me and see the greatness of God manifested in our lives. Shout of God. This morning, I'm coming with a message that God is a negotiator. He negotiates with us and he can approach the bench and negotiate with Almighty God. Hebrews, the book of Hebrews, chapter 12. The book of Hebrews, chapter 12. And then I will... Read from uh, verse 18, Hebrews chapter 12, and I read from verse 18. Let me just look for the scripture, and then we'll continue. Hebrews chapter 12, and I read from verse 18. The condensed version says that, For you are not come into the mount that might be touched, or that burned with fire known to blackness and darkness and tempest, but you have come to Mount Zion, the city of the living God. He said, uh, okay, let me read it through. He says, you have not come to the sound of trumpet and the voice of words. Which voice? They that heard entreated that the words should not be spoken to them anymore. And so terrible was the sight, in verse 20, that they could not endure, that even if a beast touched the mountain, it shall be stoned, 
or trust through with a dad. So terrible was the sight. In verse 21, the Bible says that Moses said, I exceedingly fear and are quick. And Bible says you haven't come to that mountain, but you have come to Mount Zion. So when we gather like this, this is not freedom ministry sanctuary anymore. It is Mount Zion. Amen. So over in this place, we have come to Mount Zion. We have come to the city of the living God. We have come to the heavenly Jerusalem. We have come to an innumerable, I don't know whether you can see them, innumerable company of angels all over this auditorium. He said that we have come to um, the general assembly and the church of the firstborn, which are written in heaven, and we have come to God, the judge of all. Amen. So Bible says he is the judge of all. If God is a judge, if God doesn't want us to negotiate, if God's words are all unbendable and rigid, why should there be a judge? A judge is there so that you can present your merits, so that you can call upon the judge and ask the judge that the judge should adjudicate concerning certain issues in your life. So Bible calls him the judge of all. There is the need of a judge because God is open to negotiation in the lives of his people. If all decisions taken in the spiritual realm are etched in stone, there will not be a need of judge and there will not be a need of attorneys. Let me tell you something. In the heavenly realm, there is a judge. God the judge of all. They are attorneys. We have two defense attorneys and we have one prosecuting attorney. Amen. Bible says that Satan who accuses the brethren before God day and night. That's a prosecutor. Oh, hello. You know, most of the time when we read the word, you know, everything. Actually, the Bible says the government system of our nation, America, is based on the word of God. He said that our God is a judge, our God is a lawgiver, and our God is a king. In the book of Isaiah, our God is a judge, judiciary. Our God is a lawgiver, legislative. And our God is a king, the executive. Amen. Our court system. Our court system, we have, we have a judge. And I'm so glad we can approach the main judge. Amen. Any situation you are going through, we have a judge. So we have two defense attorneys and we have one prosecuting attorney. You know, so the prosecutor, Bible says in the book of Revelation that Satan... Who accuses the people of God day and night before Almighty God? He comes out with accusations. Oh, uh, Pastor Tim doesn't uh, deserve it. He did this, he did that, he did that. And then he mentions everything. He comes with a laundry list, a rap sheet of so many different things. But when he comes, we have two defense attorneys. Amen. In the book of 1 John chapter 2, verse 1, Bible says that even when we sin, we have an advocate. And an advocate is an attorney. We have an advocate, Jesus Christ, the righteous, who advocates on our behalf. So that's the first um, 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 defense attorney. Then Bible says that it is expedient for me to go when Jesus Christ was living. He said that because the Holy Spirit will come. He shall be called the comforter, the intercessor, the standby, the teacher, and he will be called the advocate. So we have the Holy Spirit as an advocate. We have Jesus Christ as an advocate. And uh, we have one prosecuting attorney. We have him at Named. Amen. Oh, hallelujah. In the realm of the Spirit, they are called gatherings. Do you know that? 
you know, I don't know where the court gatherings take place. The Bible says that there was one time when the children of sons of God gathered. And the Bible says that Satan came with his briefcase. And the God asked him, where have you been? He said, I've been going to and fro across the surface of the earth. And God asked him, have you considered my servant Job? And on that place, certain decisions were taken. The sons of God had guarded. If you read the book of 1 Kings, the Bible says that there was a time when Ahab needed to go to war and be defeated. And the Bible says that when the sons of God guarded, you know, people started putting out a lot of things. I'm quoting a lot of scripture. You know, but the Bible says that God said, how can we, how can we get Ahab to be defeated? One person said this, one person said that. And one spirit stood up. He said, I'm going to be a lying demon in the lives of the prophet so that Ahab will go to war and get defeated. Why did these people gather? There was a court gathering. I believe that there was a court gathering. I don't know where because definitely Satan wasn't invited back to heaven. You know, but there were court gatherings. There are two defense attorneys. There was one prosecuting attorney. There was a judge. And I'm not making it up all in the word of God. This word of God is richer than anything that you can think about. And there are court briefs that we are going to talk about some of them. You know, decisions which are taken in heaven. And there is a God who is judge of all. God is so impersonal to many of us this morning. But this morning I welcome you to Mount Zion. And before the judge and the negotiator. Amen. Let me read the book of Hebrews chapter 4. Read some few scriptures. The book of Hebrews the chapter 4, and I read the verse 14. Book of Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 14. Bible says that, seeing that, that we have a great high priest that is passed into the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our profession or our confession. He said, for we have not an high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but was in all points centered like as we are, yet without sin. And verse 16, he gives a standing invitation. He said, let us therefore, everybody, let us come boldly unto the throne of grace. There was a place which is called the throne of grace in heaven. And Bible says that every kind of grace is available in that place. He says that let us come boldly. Let me share some few things. When we go to heaven, you know, there are four main, um, and God is depicted, there are four main thrones in heaven. We have the throne of judgment. We have the throne of mercy. We have the throne of, 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 of grace, and we have the throne of worship. You know, but God is not jumping from, our God is one God. Three persons in one God. So God doesn't jump from one throne to another and, 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 and adjudicate on issues. Bible talks about the book of Revelations. He said, I looked upon him who sat upon the throne, and his countenance was like diamond or a sardine stone. He is multifaceted. You know, when you look at God, there are certain aspects of God. Depending on how you approach him, you approach the, um, the throne of judgment, or you approach the throne of mercy, you approach the throne of grace, or you approach the throne of worship. Yes. Amen. Amen. So, God is not jumping from one throne to another. He sits upon the throne, multifaceted, like diamond, different sides of Almighty God. You know, different shape, different sides of Almighty God. And depending on what you need from God, you approach him and then you meet him either at the throne of judgment or at the throne of mercy or at the throne of grace or at the throne of worship. In this scripture, 
He's saying that we should approach the throne. He's not talking about the throne of worship. And he's not talking about the throne of mercy. He's talking about the throne of grace. God, as the judge of all, is saying that he beckons us to approach the bench. Not for worship, but for negotiation. This throne is not for coming to bow down and worship him. This place is the throne of grace. It is the place where, as you pass by, you obtain mercy and you find grace. You find grace. You find the charis. You find a blessing for every need that you have. This morning, maybe somebody is looking for the throne of, 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 of healing. Somebody is looking for the grace, maybe of strength. Somebody is looking for the grace of maybe prosperity. Bible says that there is a standing invitation. Come boldly. Don't be shy. Come boldly to the throne of grace and you will find mercy. You will obtain mercy and you will find grace to have in the time of need. Amen. Amen. God is a negotiator. The Lord is beckoning us to negotiate. And there have been instances in the word of God where God always asks man to come in and negotiate. In the very beginning, God gave us the freedom of choice. He made us moral beings so that in the course of our dealings with Almighty God, we can take decisions ourselves. When man fell, God had always asked man to come boldly and to have negotiation with Almighty God. I'll read you a few scriptures. Many righteous people approached the bench and negotiated successfully within the confines of God's perfect world. People have been negotiating for a long time. And actually, many of us have been negotiating without really even knowing that this is what we were doing in our intercession and our prayer. We were negotiating with Almighty God. Amen. We were telling God that God, we won't die, but we shall live to declare the glory of God. You know, when we get sick and we come before the throne of God, all we are telling God is that, God, this situation is not permanent. You can do something about it. We have been negotiating for a long time, and this morning, I'll bring you a message from God. Your God is a negotiator. Amen. I read the book of Genesis. Let's read some few instances, and then we will continue. Genesis chapter 18, one of the greatest uh, negotiations that has ever taken place upon the face of this earth. Listen to it. The Bible says, And the man rose up from thence and looked towards Sodom, and Abraham went to them to bring them on the way. And the Lord said, Shall I hide from Abraham that thing which I do? This was before Sodom and Gomorrah. Seeing that Abraham shall surely become a great and mighty nation, and all the nations of the earth shall be blessed in him. He said, For I know him that he will command his children and his household after him, and they shall keep the way of the Lord to do justice and judgment, that the Lord may bring upon Abraham that which he has spoken of him. So this was before Sodom and Gomorrah was destroyed. And look at Almighty God, the judge of all. You know, saying that, you know, I can take a decision and judge the straw, Sodom and Gomorrah. You know, but I have to discuss it with my man upon the face of this earth. I have to discuss it with somebody and then let the person have an insight onto what I want to do. The person is a friend. So the Bible says that, so he said that Abraham, and the Lord said, because the cry of Sodom and Gomorrah is great, and because their sin is very grievous, I will go down now and see whether they have done all together according to the cry of it, which has come unto me, and if not, I will know. And the men turned their faces from thence and went towards Sodom, but Abraham stood yet before the Lord. So as the men, as the angels left, Abraham stood. Abraham, I'm sure, raised up his hand. He said, Judge, can I approach the bench, please? 
Hallelujah. Everybody say hallelujah. Because if you remember, Abraham had vested interest in, in Sodom. Lot was there. Lot's children were there. Sodom was going to be destroyed. And the man upon the face of this earth, when the rest of the men, the angels there, Abraham stood before the presence of Almighty God. And listen to Abraham. Abraham, I'm sure, raised his hand. Said, God, can I approach the branch? And God said, you can negotiate. Amen. So the Bible says, Abraham drew near and said, Listen to Abraham, ask God. He said, would thou also destroy the righteous and the wicked? He know, God had taken a decision. Sodom and Gomorrah were going to be destroyed. And a man stood before Almighty God and said that, God, are the righteous and the wicked going to be destroyed? He was telling God that, God, this is not right. You cannot destroy the righteous. You cannot be angry so much with the wicked that you will destroy the righteous with the wicked. So listen to Abraham, negotiating. Came and said that, Per adventure, there'll be 50 righteous within the city without also destroy and not spare the place for the 50 righteous that are therein. Then Abraham made this strong statement. Listen to this. He said, that be far from thee to do after this manner, to slay the righteous with the wicked, and that the righteous should be as the wicked, that be far from thee. Shall not the judge. Then God, Abraham listened to God. I said, well, Abraham, be careful. You're talking to God. Oh, hello. He said, shall not the judge of all the earth, shall he not do right? So God, Abraham is looking to God with all reverence and said, that, wow, judge, you have to adjudicate this right. You cannot just adjudicate from the bench. He said, that, will you not do right? God, won't you do right? Are you going to destroy the righteous with the wicked? This is not supposed to be the way it should go. Righteous must stay. The righteous shall inherit the earth. The righteous shall be blessed. The seed of the righteous shall be blessed. The seed of the righteous shall, be, uh, shall flourish. And you cannot destroy the righteous with the wicked. If I find 50 people, Father, are you going to destroy them? Yeah. Hallelujah. And listen to God. God said that you know something, Abraham. If I find Sodom, if you go and I find Sodom righteous within the city, I will spare the place for their sex. Somebody is negotiating. Let's continue. And the Lord said, and Abraham answered and said, Behold now, I've taken it upon me to speak unto the Lord, which I'm, I am, but dust and ashes. Peradventure, they shall not five of the uh, 50 righteous. So Abraham started with 50. And then he came back, he couldn't find 50. So he said, God, what about 45? Oh, hallelujah. Will you destroy all the city for the lack of five? And he said, if I find there 40 and 5, I will not destroy. God said, 45, deal. Amen. Abraham went, couldn't find 45. He came back, he said, God, per adventure, I'll give you 40. Oh, hello. And he said, God said, 40, deal. Amen. Abraham went back, couldn't find 40. He came back, he said, God, what about if I, find, if I give you 30? Oh, hello. God said, 30, deal. Amen. Abraham went back, couldn't find 30. Let's continue, 31. 31. And then he came back with 20. He said, God, behold, now I've taken it upon me to speak unto the Lord. Peradventure, there shall only be 20. Would I destroy it? And God said that, you know, if you find me 20, I, 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 I will keep the land. And Abraham came back, he said, Father, the place is so bad, I couldn't find 20. <laughs> the people are so wicked. I couldn't find 20. Father, 
You know, they started from 50. Your God is a negotiator. Your God is a negotiator. Oh, hallelujah. They started from 50. They negotiated up to 10. And after 10, I'm sure Abraham turned to God and said, God, destroy the city. <laughs> you know, because, because I can't find more than 10. I believe that if Abraham had continued negotiating, could have brought down to five. Amen. Your God is a negotiator. Turn to somebody and tell the person, your God is a negotiator. <laughs> Let me give you, because of time, Jacob negotiated. Tell God that God, if you bless me when I go, when I come back, I will build you a sanctuary or I'll build you a, an altar. And God said, deal, I will bless you. And when you come back, Moses negotiated. At a certain point, he told God that God, please let me find certain things that we must do in order for you not to destroy the people. And God said, deal, Moses, if you get it, I'm not going to destroy the land. What about Hezekiah? Bible talks about a time when the word of God came to him that you have only some few days, set your house in order, you are going to die. The prophet Isaiah came with, thus saith the Lord. He said, thus, let me read that scripture. The book of Isaiah chapter 38, Isaiah chapter 38, and I read from verse 1. Isaiah chapter 38, your God is a negotiator. Your God negotiates, he negotiates, he negotiates. People have been negotiating for a long time. Abraham negotiated. Moses negotiated. Isaac negotiated. Um, 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 Jacob negotiated. Listen to one, this man, Isaiah chapter 38. In those days, uh, was Hezekiah sick unto death. And Isaiah the prophet, the son of Amos, came unto him and said, Thus saith the Lord. Wow. I mean, this is Isaiah. The man who wrote so much of the New Testament, I mean, has so much revelation into the, the New Testament. Great prophet came to your house, knocked on your door, and said, Thus saith the Lord, set your house in order, you are going to die. This is not like I perceive. This is not like, oh, it may happen. This is, Thus saith the Lord. Amen. So he said, Thus saith the Lord, set the house in order, for thou shalt die and not live. And Bible says that Hezekiah turned his face, and toward the wall, and started negotiating with God. He said, God, I know that I'm going to die, but Father, remember. Amen. Oh, I said, Amen. amen. Wow. Uh, I, spirit, every religious spirit should keep quiet and listen to the Spirit of God. He said, Father, remember. This is the way the people prayed. They came by, they said, Father, remember. He said, let us remind you. Let me present my case. Before you, so that I may as be justified. He said, Father, remember, oh Lord, I beseech thee. Let me tell you my merits. How I've walked before thee in truth and with a perfect heart. And I've done what is good in thy sight. And Hezekiah was negotiating and weeping. Bible says that in verse 4, but in verse 4, Bible said, then came the word of the Lord. Before Isaiah got to the middle of the street, God said that you know something, I want you to turn back. And go back to Hezekiah and tell Hezekiah that because, in verse 5, because of his negotiation, I have decided that I'm going to give him 15 more years. So I've added 15 more years to the number of his days, and this shall be a sign to you that the sundial of Ahaz will turn 15 degrees backwards. Amen. This is negotiation. Time will fail me to talk about Gideon negotiating with God. Hallelujah. Samson, who negotiated his death, told God that God at this time, I know 
everything else that has been happened, but Father, let this be my last time. What about Hannah? You know who negotiated? Hannah had been praying for a long time. Had been praying for a baby for a long time. Until the time when Hannah says something. Told God that God, I know you are in need of a prophet. God was looking for a prophet in those days. Because Eli and Hophni and Phinehas had been cut off from Almighty God. So Hannah came to God. And in, in the final prayer, Hannah said that, you know God, I need a baby. For my barrenness. You need a prophet. Amen. So let's negotiate here. You give me a baby. I give the baby to you. You get your prophet. I get my baby. Oh, hallelujah. Beloved, this is exactly it. The moment that prayer was prayed, God said, deal. This is what I've been looking for. Immediately, Hannah got pregnant, had a baby, gave the baby to God, and then everybody was very happy. Amen. And then God, the blessing of Almighty God and everything that he did. What about Rahab? Rahab negotiated. And everybody was being destroyed. Rahab said that I will keep the people of God, but this is what I want to be done for me. That you will keep me, you will keep my household, you will keep everything else. Everybody else was destroyed, but there was one woman who stood up and negotiated with God and spared her own life. Hallelujah. I don't know what you are going through this morning, but I bring you for the, a message from the judge of all. The judge is saying that approach the bench. Approach the bench. Your God is a negotiator. Your God is a negotiator. Hey, God is saying that don't cry anymore. God is saying that you don't negotiate at your own peril. God is saying that don't blame everybody else. Approach the bench. Approach the bench. Declare your case that you may as be justified. Let me read the scripture from you from the book of Genesis chapter 4. And look at a man who negotiated with Almighty God. Your God is a negotiator. Your God is a negotiator. Hey, somebody here. I know that you can negotiate certain aspects of Almighty God. Your God is a negotiator. Listen to the word of God. Bible says that, and Cain talked with Abel his brother. And it came to pass when they were in the field, that Cain rose up against Abel his brother and slew him. There was a crime committed. There was murder. Somebody committed murder. Amen. Then Bible says, and the Lord said unto Cain, where is Abel thy brother? And he said, I know not. Am I my brother's keeper? And the Lord said to him, what have you done? The voice of thy brother's blood cried unto me from the ground. So there was a crime committed. Am I making myself clear? Yes. You know, there was murder, clear murder. You know, the evidence came to Almighty God. And the blood started crying. You know, and there was evidence. The evidence came out with every forensic pathology that this man committed a murder. It came before the judge of all. The judge of all said, what have you done? The voice of the brother's blood is coming to me as an evidence from the ground. So the judge, knowing that a murder has been committed, the judge needed to pronounce a sentence. Amen. Does anyone understand what I'm talking about? So listen to, so God said, in verse 11, God said, and now a dark case, because this is judgment. Because somebody had committed murder, and there must be judgment. So God said, that, and now at thou curse from the earth, 
which had opened the mouth to receive the brother's blood from the hand. As long as you live upon the earth, when thou chillest the ground, it shall not henceforth yield unto thee her strength. You're going to be a fugitive and a vagabond shall thou be in the earth. So God pronounced judgment. Crime was committed. Evidence came before God. The judge adjudicated. And the judge said that you are going to be a fugitive. You're going to be a vagabond. You are going to struggle upon the face of this earth. And in, 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 I mean, if you look at it, this was, this was uh, he was going to die by, by the electric chair. <laughs> Amen. Because as a fugitive, anybody who sees him was going to kill him. Then Cain stood up. And Cain said that, Lord, I know I committed a crime. But I throw myself at the mercy of the courts. Can I approach the bench, please? And God said, come. So listen to what happened. Cain approached the bench and said unto the Lord, My punishment is greater than I can bear. Whenever, behold, thou hast driven me out of this day from the face of the earth, and from the face shall I be hid, I shall be a fugitive and a vagabond in the earth, and it shall come to pass that everyone that founded me will kill me. So it was a death sentence. Hallelujah. Is someone understand what I'm talking about? Yes. It was a death sentence. So Cain understood it very well. He committed a crime. Evidence went to God. The judge adjudicated. And the sentence was sentence of death. Cain said that, judge, I know that I deserve this punishment. But I throw myself at the mercy of the court. I know you will negotiate. Can I approach the bench? God said, come in. He said that anybody who sees me shall slay me. And the Lord said, therefore, whosoever slayeth Cain, vengeance shall be taken on him sevenfold. And the Lord set a mark upon Cain, lest anyone should find, and anyone finding him should kill him. So his death sentence was commuted to life in prison. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, I said hallelujah. So the man who was supposed to die, he was sentenced to life in prison with hard labor. You know, because... He was bold enough to enter into the throne of God and negotiate with Almighty God. Think about it. Assuming Cain has said, oh, God is unbearable. Assuming um, Hezekiah has said, oh, he said, that's it, the Lord, there's nothing I can do. Assuming that Abraham has said, oh, God has spoken, there is nothing I can do. Men have been negotiating for a very long time. Hallelujah. Child of God, you can negotiate. In the New Testament, People negotiated over and over and over. Bible talks about the parable of the man who planted the vine, uh, the fig tree. Three years, the master came looking for fruit, found nothing, he said, cut it down. This thing is wasting the ground. The husbandman stood up and said that I appeal, please, give me one more year. And let me dig around it. Let me manual it. Let me do everything else. And if you come back after one year and it is still unfruitful, you are, you fit to just cut it down. This man negotiated. The prodigal son knew the father would negotiate. You know, when he was coming back, he had his own ideas. I will get back to my father, and I'm going to negotiate. I'm going to negotiate that I shouldn't be made a son. I should be made one of the servants. So many other different things. And the father restored him back unto whatever had been committed unto him. <laughs> At the wedding of Cana, Mary negotiated. The Samaritan woman negotiated. Individuals have been negotiating for a long time. And you look at the diversity of the peoples who negotiated with God. Murderers negotiated. The backsliding. The prostitutes. 
the doubters, the barren, the sick, the afflicted. Many of us have messed up in the past like Adam and Eve and are scared to come back to God. Maybe your first marriage didn't work. Maybe you lived a life of lies and deceit. Maybe you have committed multiple abortions and so many other things against Almighty God. I have news for you this morning. Your God is a negotiator. There is still room for negotiation. We are in a new dispensation where the blood speaks better things than that of Abel. And the entire concept of intercession and prayer is about God negotiating with his people. I challenge you this morning to break the grip of helplessness in your life. If your present circumstances are as a result of satanic attacks, deal with it by the authority of Almighty God. If your present circumstances are as a result of God's purifying thing in your life, I want you to submit to God. But when you approach to God, when I approach the bench of God, God will let you know whether there is room for negotiation. There are many scars that many of us have sitting in this room, listening to the sound of my voice. What are you going through? And what are your frustrations and fears? There is room for negotiation. You don't negotiate at your own peril. I want you to know that you haven't exhausted all your options. Negotiations premiere the spiritual realm. I even ask myself, anytime Jesus Christ casts out demons and things, when the demons wanted to speak, Jesus Christ said, keep quiet and come out from them. There was one bold demon, oh hello, in the land of Gadara. You know, and when Jesus, he knew that Jesus was going to cast them out, you know, the demon stood up and said, you know something, can I speak? He said, that, instead of you casting me out, can I get into these pigs instead of just being cast into the deep abyss? You know, and Jesus looked at him. That demon was bold. Even demons negotiated. Hallelujah. Oh, I said hallelujah. You know, so that demon, so this is Jesus. And Jesus said, that, wow, you know, okay, your wish has been granted. Instead of you being cast into the abyss, we'll cast you into the pit, and somebody negotiated. Child of God, I believe that you can negotiate. Amen. Oh, I said amen. Oh, please, can I hear us all say, my God is a negotiator? Oh, please tell yourself that my God is a negotiator. Hallelujah. This morning, we are going to believe God that God will negotiate. He said that come boldly to the throne of grace. And in the next few minutes, we're going to just pray. And we are going to tell God that God, Cain negotiated. Abraham negotiated. David negotiated. Um, um, the, 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 the barren woman negotiated. Hannah negotiated. Um, everybody, so many people approach the bench. Your God is not rigid. Your God is not unbendable. Your God is not inflexible. I believe that when he calls us to approach the bench, he says that come boldly to the throne of grace that you may find mercy and, and obtain grace for your heart in everything that you are going through. Amen. In the next five minutes, I'll bring the message to an end. There are some rules to the negotiation. You know, you have to ask yourself, number one, what's your present condition? If your present condition is as a result of satanic attack, you have to deal with it with authority. Amen. You can't negotiate with the devil. Devil, you have to cast them out. You know, and um, if, if, if it's as a result of a purifying process of Almighty God, you have to ask for the grace of God to go through because God has his own way of purifying his people as a refiner's, uh, refiner's fire and in a fullness soap. In step two, what do you want and can negotiate from God? 
And I can hear some religious spirits saying that, oh, pastor, it's not possible. I want you to know that our God is not inflexible. Our God negotiates. Step three, what is the perfect will of God? You find the perfect will of God in prayer and in waiting upon God. When you approach the bench, the Father will let, the judge will let you know whether you have room for negotiation. There are some things that are not negotiable. Jesus Christ wanted to negotiate in Gethsemane. He said, the Father, if possible, please take away. The Father said that this one is not negotiable. Say hello. Paul said that there was a thorn in his flesh. He said three times, I besought God. That God, please take away this thorn from me. God said that, you know something, Paul, I've negotiated a lot of things with you, but this one is not negotiable. Amen. So there are some things that are not negotiable. You can't negotiate your husband. Oh, hallelujah. You can't say that I'm approaching the bed, Father, I'm, I'm negotiating my wife. No, 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 you can't. You are in it for better, for worse, and for keeps. <laughs> Hallelujah. You can negotiate the dynamics of the marriage. You can negotiate him being more loving, he, so many other things. But you can't come and say, the Father, you are negotiating. I'm negotiating my husband. You, you, you cannot do that. Because these are, that's here the laws which have been clearly manifested in the word of God. Amen. Amen. So, I want you to know your bill of rights. Even as we come before almighty God. Let us, number four, identify and comply with the, that's here the Lord. For the perfect will of God will be made manifested in our lives. Number five, negotiate with reverence. Abraham said that would the judge of all the earth not do right. And Abraham was negotiating with reverence. And negotiate, step six, with persistence, like the importunate widow. The importunate widow. Bible says that there was a widow who somebody had done wrong to. And Bible said it came to the judge. The judge would never listen to her case. She continued coming back until the judge said that I'm going to do something about the situation. And this is negotiation until found the goodness of Almighty God. And at the end of it all, as you get that kind of answer from Almighty God, I want you to glorify the name of God and let something in your life reflect the goodness of God even as you approach the bench and you see the goodness of God upon your life. Your God is a negotiator. I came here with, um, I could have preached a lot of messages. So many messages were running through my head, you know. And the Lord said, that, go tell my people that I've been negotiating and I continue to negotiate. Approach the bench. Approach the bench. Approach the bench. Hallelujah. You are tired with so many things going on. You are tired with the addictions. You are tired with the poverty. You are tired with the, with the oppression. Whatever situation you find yourself in, Bible says that come boldly to the throne of grace. Approach the bench and make your case known. And Bible says that you may as be justified or you will be acquitted out of the situation and the name of God will be glorified in your life. This morning, as I bring the message to an end, may somebody be bold to approach the judge of all. Abraham stood up and said, would the judge not do right? Stood up and said, the judge, you know better than this. And you know that this situation, you can't destroy the righteous with the unrighteous. I believe my children will be blessed because according to the word of God, the seed of the, of the, of the righteous will flourish on the land. And uh, some challenges I go through with my children, I approach the bench and I present the evidence before Almighty God. The Father, you said the seed of the righteous shall flourish. 
I don't care whatever happens to them, they will flourish on the land. And they will be glorified, and the, and the things of God will be made manifested in their lives. Beloved of God, God has given you a standing order. Your God is a negotiator. Your God is a negotiator. Hey, I said your God is a negotiator. Maybe so many other people don't want to hear your case. Maybe people on earth think that it is a wasted situation. It's a basket case. This morning, boldly as we approach the bench, boldly as we stand before Almighty God, let us be able to present whatever is going on in our lives. And let us tell God that God, you negotiate. Abraham negotiated from 50 to 10 in the Old Testament. And we who are birthed by Almighty God, we can with all reverence negotiate to the glory of Almighty God. Let's rise up on our feet. Blessed be his holy name. Amen. Hallelujah. Oh, blessed be his holy name. Your God is a negotiator. Oh, what a comforting word from God. Oh, blessed be his holy name. I believe that God has something that he's going to do in your life. And you have to come back before Almighty God and tell God that God, you negotiate. People have negotiated for a long time. This is, there's another chapter of my life. There is another page of my life about to be opened. There is something else about my marriage that is about to happen. There is something else. If Hezekiah negotiated, I can negotiate too. Is somebody understand what I'm talking about? Once again, turn to somebody, tell the person your God is a negotiator. Oh, please, I don't. Oh, turn to somebody, tell the person your God is a negotiator. Oh, please, do, do, do you believe that? Your, your God is a negotiator. Your God is a negotiator. We're going to negotiate. Hallelujah. We are, we, we are approaching the bench. And we are telling God that God, these are my merits. I will not die. But I will live to declare the glory of Almighty God. That disease which has been pronounced by the doctors. Lord, by the sake of the stripes. I appeal in the name of Jesus Christ. Somebody ought to appeal today. You don't appeal to your own merit. Even Cain, Cain, Cain negotiated. Even Cain negotiated. Even Cain. I want somebody to be bold and tell God that God, I don't know how. I don't know, but it looks like there is nothing else that can happen. But my God is a negotiator. A young man ought to negotiate. Amen. A young woman ought to negotiate. And somebody here ought to rise up and tell God that, that God, the judge of all the earth, you will do right. You will do right. And this morning I stand as a representative of God. And I speak the word of God to you. That your God will do right. He is the judge. We are not approaching the throne of worship. We are approaching the throne of mercy. And we are approaching the throne of grace. And you will find grace to have in your time of need. Lift up your hands wherever you are. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Oh, pray somebody. Pray, pray, pray somebody. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Negotiation all over the auditorium. Mandori was shake lebro sata yandori misali. Adori yo shaka lebro sata yandori misali. Pray, 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 pray. Father, we are negotiating, mighty God. In the name of Jesus Christ. Shala bro sabra katori andori wasaka labrandori yandori. And mandori wasake lebro kotori masaka labrandori misali. Mary God, you he will heal this morning in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. 
that disease will not kill you. I make a declaration by the name of Jesus Christ. Hey, your God is a negotiator. I can perceive in my spirit some people who need healing. I want you to walk to the front. We are going to pray with you. Listen to me. I've been a doctor for over 25 years. I'm a professor in medicine. But I also believe that God is a healer. I remember about three, three, four months ago, I was at home as a physician, senior attending physician. I'm the director of the unit in my hospital. I call it my hobby. And the word of God is my, is my, is my, is, is my calling. And uh, one day I was at home, all of a sudden I recognized that my big toe was exquisitely tender. You know, I look at it in medicine, we call it podagra. I look at it, I look at myself, I knew I had acute gout. And as I was looking at it, I could barely, there was nothing I could do. Exquisitely tender. We call it the first MTP, you know, and uh, to podagra. And I couldn't move at all. I look at myself, I said, oh, you have gout. And I, I told myself that my God is a healer. And my God, you know, our practice medicine, I've seen thousands and thousands, I'm talking about literally, I'm not, thousands and thousands of, of, of patients over my 25 years that I've been a doctor. You've seen almost every disease that you can think about. And now I look at myself, I said, physician, now heal yourself. Hallelujah. <laughs> and, and as I was, I couldn't move, I couldn't, you know, I decided at a certain point I was going to buy myself into medicine, you know, to, because the pain was so much. And uh, I actually called in the prescription for myself. In the course of it, I'm saying that God, I approach the bench. Father, you know, you can heal and you restore. According to your word, by the stripes of Jesus Christ, who were healed. And, and that evening, we had a prayer meeting on the Friday night. So Friday night, I went. I was limping. Pastor was limping. Physician was limping. I went to um, the place. I could barely walk. In the course of the prayer, one young lady... You know, about 20-something years old. Brings out the dossier of the Lord. He said, that's say of the Lord. There was somebody here. You know, and you're having a problem with your toe. The Lord wants me to tell you that this problem is not um, 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 physical. It's physical, but there's a spiritual connotation with it. In the name of Jesus, we break that power. I turned around, I look at my wife, I smiled, I said, wow, this is word of knowledge. You know, from that night, the pain had departed, it has been about two, three years, I've never had any pain. You know, that thing had departed. As a doctor, I went back to the hospital, I checked my uric acid, I checked my kidney function, everything else had been broken for three years up to now. Our God is a negotiator. The first day I stepped foot on this nation, as a doctor, I needed to go through physical. And I remember one of the big hospitals in Chicago, physicals for all the doctors. When my results came, you know, the, the doctor, I remember her name up to this side, walks to me, tells me that, you know, Dr. Painter, your creatinine is about 1.5, 1.6, 1.7 or something. He said that if you plot one over creatinine over time, it's only a matter of time. In a short time, you are going to be on dialysis. And I'm looking at her. And, and, and she's telling me that you know something about half of your, um, and the kidney, they call it the nephrons. About half of your nephrons have been destroyed. 
In a few years' time, you are going to be on dialysis. That was 25 years ago. I look at, I look at her. At that time, I just come from Africa. Bullish Pentecostal, bullish believing God. Amen. I was a bush Pentecostal. Nothing like, oh, Father. I look at, I'm, I'm the doctor. said, so don't worry about me. My God is a healer. I'm not, being, I'm not going to have transplant. I'm not going to have dialysis. You know, because by faith, I receive the goodness of Almighty God. <laughs> Beloved, this is my own testimony. I'm not talking about something that anybody else shared. I'm not talking about don't have some headache. Nobody even knows. And then it's like, I'm talking about medically proven miracle. You know, from that day until this time. I told everybody that I would take my kidney function year after year after year after year to prove to people that my God negotiates. Yeah. One over crashing over time. It should have gone up, mine reverse. Hallelujah. You know, the last time I checked it was just last year. I check it every year and I come and present it to my church and let them know that if you can believe, your God can negotiate. And that God can bring certain things in manifestation in your life in the name of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Time will fail me. Last year, I had a biopsy. The doctor came to me and said that we think that you have some traces of maybe some cancer or something. I look at him and I said that, you know something, this is from physician to physician. We are communicating. I believe in medicine, but I also believe that there is power in Almighty God. Oh, hallelujah. I can fax you my medical records if you want to. Oh, hello. I told him, doctor, doctor, I won't mention the doctor. I said, don't worry about me. You know, because I'm going to live a full life upon the face of this earth. I have a purpose. I have a destiny. My work is not over. I will fulfill my, 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 my work in the fullness of time. I told him that I will have a deal with you. I will come back and do the biopsy again. And I've done the biopsy three times. I had an MRI, everything else, everything had been negative. The last time, the last time, beloved, I'm telling you, there is nothing added to it. I'm not a, um, a slick um, salesman. I'm not a charlatan. I've been a physician, boss certified. I, I'm, I'm a fellow of the American College of Physicians, America, everything you can talk about. But I also believe there is power in God. Oh, hallelujah. The last time I saw him, he said, I may not need to see you again. You know, because we have done everything else. Whatever we found, we can't find it anymore. I look at it. I went back. I told my wife, my God is a negotiator. Our God is a negotiator. Hey, I said, our God is a negotiator. Somebody out here ought to negotiate from Almighty God. I don't know who, you know, but this morning, the word of God is coming to us. God is saying that approach the bench. And we are all going to pray. Amen. Wherever you are, stretch out your hands, you know, to those who are in the front. And uh, we 